Priyanka Chopra Jonas unfinished preface 7 Tinsel Town Mrs Robinson you are trying to seduce me aren't you Dustin Hoffman in the graduate the opportunity that initially uprooted me from the career I would worked so hard for in India and took me halfway around the world to America wasn't acting it was music in 2009 angela acharya a venture capitalist and a tech investor had an online platform called desi hits that was best known for taking artists like lady gaga and britney spears from america to india and producing music that was co-pollination of east india and west legendary music producer jimmy yovan co-founder of india interscope records who would produce albums by tupac shakur Element, 50 Cent, Steve Nicks, and Tom Petty, among others, was an investor in the company. Jimmy had signed the Slumdog Millionaire soundtrack to Interscope and worked with Angela on the Jaiho collaboration. Between the celebrated A.R. Rahman, the song's composer, and the girl band, the Pussycat Dolls, it had become a huge international hit, and Angela and Jimmy were searching for the next project, which turned out to be me. Rather than t- talking in an American star to India, they wanted to bring Indian star to the States. Angela remembered seeing me rom-com Buff- Bluffmaster on television years earlier while having visiting her parents in England and thinking, if any South Asian could break into America at all, it would be her. It was the song right here, right now, a funky, sexy number that had particularly impressed her. She forgot all about though until her mother sent a copy of the movie Fashion a couple of years later, saying, It stars that actress that you like. Right though, Angela, I did like her. She showed the clip of Right Here Right Now to Jimmy, who said no-brainer because most of the musical numbers in Hindi films are lip-synced, though the female part of this song was sung by Sunidhi Chauhan. He added, Can she sing? Coincidentally, Angela was working at the time with Salim Suleiman, an extremely popular and well-known music composer due with whom I would work previously. It came up in conversation that just happened to have a demo tape they would done with me for fun a few years in the past. So, the question was whether or not I could sing was easily answered. I swear that was fate. More than a whole year passed before things progressed. Angela heard the demo and reached out to me. But I was finally working again with Vishal Bhadwaj. The director I wanted to work with so much in 2008 that I would accept a smaller part in Kamini than I was accustomed to taking just for the chance to be directed by him. This time I was playing the lead character in Saath Khun Maaf, an interestingly noir comedy based on the Ruskin Bond novelle Suzanne's Seven Husbands and it was such an immersive experience for me that I wanted to keep myself completely focused on it. There was a practical complication too. We were filming in Kurg, now known as Kurgu a hill station in the state of Karnataka in southern India. Our location was somewhat remote and internet and cell service was spotty. In order to speak to anyone, I had to go to the roof of the inn where we were staying and accept the call late at night after a full day of shooting. 
One night I climbed to the rooftop to accept a call from Natasha Pal, who was my manager in India at the time, who now manages my digital strategy. She told me that she received several calls from Angela and thought I should talk to her. I really don't have the bandwidth to think about this right now, Nats, I responded. I don't want to be distracted. It will take 10 minutes, Natasha said. I think you should be working internationally and Angela is proposing will give you an opportunity to do that. She let that sink in a moment then added, I believe your career is global, Priyanka. At least talk to her. I stood on the rooftop in the darkness and thought about it. And because it was Natasha saying it, one of my closest advisor and dearest friends, I agreed. Sometimes later, I climbed to the rooftop again to accept late-night call from this persistent woman whom I had yet to meet. She gave me a lot to chew on during our 20-minute conversation, outlining the possibility she saw for me to be one of the first artists from India, as opposed to Indian artists who had grown up in the America to successful in mainstream American pop culture. Natasha had to put the germ of an international career in my head. Angela was explaining how it could happen. She was a successful businessman. She had impressive music cred and I could hear what strategic she was. This was un undeniably a big opportunity and I have always been drowned trying new and risky things. How, how could I resist? It was 2010 when Angela flew to Mumbai with David Joseph who at the time was on Universal Music's U.S. Chairman and Chief Executive Andrew Knallfield, the Executive Vice President of Marketing for Universal Music Group International. She wanted make me to take the opportunity seriously. I learned long afterward. So she talked to Jimmy, who advised taking David Joseph along with David, suggested inviting Andrew. Power in numbers, it was a good strategy. We had a great meeting in Salim Suleiman's studio and the spark of curiosity about going international that had been planted in me was feigned into life. I didn't know if I would be able to make music and that people would want to listen to, but it was a chance to do something I hadn't done yet professionally. Music on a huge stage I hadn't worked on before international and that was an intimidating and exhilarating to me at the same time. Because my movie career was established and I had commitments into the future, I was going to have to work music around my movies and I would only have time for two films a year say instead of four which meant that both of those had better succeed the added an element of risk to my career as well as the risk involved in the diving into music if you are if you have read this much of my story you know that i am not afraid of risk and that also i love a challenge this was another chance for me to sink or swim and so i dove in Together, Angela and Jimmy created a label called Desi Hits Interscope, which signed me. Working in London made sense to everyone as it was much easier to get back and forth to India from England than from the US. And I needed to work around my film commitments. But then I arrived in London with Natasha for first week of recording. I became hyper aware of my inexperience. I was surrounded by incredible songwriters, producers and sound engineers who were all being brought on board to help me succeed. 
but I hardly recognized the thin voice coming out of me as my own. I got the feeling to shy that I would turn off the light and the sound both so I would be clogged in the darkness and nobody could watch me while I sang. Was the same person who danced unconsciously in front of the hundreds of people with bright lights and cameras trained on her. Was it a foreshadowing of some sort? Sometimes not long after that I was in New York City and finally met Jimmy Evion when he, Angela and I had memorable dinner at the Monkey Bar in Midtown Manhattan. It was one of those dinners when everything just clicks. I don't know what he was expecting but as soon as Jimmy saw me, he turned to Angela and said this is easy. Right from the start, he had a faith in my potential that I hadn't necessarily have at the time. As someone who has launched so many careers with such deep experience in both business and entertainment, he also co-produced Eminence, a critically acclaimed movie at Eight Mile and co-founded Beats Electronics with Dr. Dare. He became an extremely important part of my music chapter in the USE, even now as I see him a mentor and a friend. His belief in me was that extra nude i needed to quit my doubts about succeeding in an entirely new creative endeavor in an entirely new environment and by the end of the dinner we would made a decision to bring me the states to record under the daisy hits interscope us label it turns out that Jimmy's This Is Easy assessment was overly optimistic. Given my lack of music cred credentials, we couldn't pretend that I had music relevance. I didn't at all. And so it was crucial to establish myself as someone who was culturally relevant in the U.S. To do that, we would have to address the fact that even though I was at the top of my game in India, no one outside of the viewers of Bollywood movies knew who I was. So we focused on major things, creating an awareness of me and creating my sound. The decision was made that it was important for me to spend more and more time in the US, flying in and out for important events, making sure that I met who's who the music and the media industries. This was far easier said than done. I had to go into the offices of magazines that I would be on the covers of multiple times in India and introduce myself as an absolute unknown saying hey i have been on your cover in india and that i'm coming to america here is who i am and this is my body of work not everyone was open to meeting such a complete unknown no matter what her credentials elsewhere were much less writing about her in their magazine this was at a time when i was having huge success like john Tu and gunde and krishtri Miracom in India. I swallowed my pride and reminded myself constantly that just because I was received recognition in the part of the world was no reason that I should automatically receive it from elsewhere. I would see what a sense of ent entitlement could do and I wanted no part of that. I faced the same problem with the parties and red carpets events. I knew that we had to do everything we could think of to make my presence felt like in the well-oiled machinery that was Hollywood. And if I wanted to make my presence properly felt, I had to dem demonstrate that I was a peer and not a complete newcomer to the entertainment business. I had to be seen as someone who was on the same playing field, not someone who was in the upper reaches of the stadium seating. 
that meant being at important event like the grammys the oscars met gala and significant premieres among other things but it took a long time for those in invitation to come although i had a large body of work amazed over a decade on another cont continent i was reminded daily that i would barely made it to the straight starting line here slowly slowly in roads were made the first year i received an invitation to the rock nation pre grammys bunch i was pumped i arrived with angela feeling psyched that progress was being made simultaneously she and i realized that we were on the side of the gathering and all the a-listers were on the other side there was an absolute separation between well-known entertainments at the party and everyone else both of us gazed at the clique of strangers for a while and then angela slowly turned to me and said i know who you are and i know what you have done but you should walk in the direction and introduce yourself to those people i looked at angela understood what she meant bent my head in humility and walked into a sea of people who had no idea who i was i may have chatted with someone of people i met the afternoon but it wasn't until a couple of years later that i made my kind of meaningful impact and of course there was the music piece of the puzzle too every successfully recording artist was their own identifiable sound because i would be in developing myself as an actor for years rather than as a singer i didn't yet when i started recording in the us in 2011 red one was brought into the produced album i was now under contractor for a plan evolved to put me into a room with a variety of different songwriters and artists in order to help me find my own distinct and sound style between films in india i would fly to la or new york to record usually for people of weeks at a time and there was always someone incredible for me to try out new and there was always someone incredible for me to try out new things with william who worked with me on the song in my city an energetic feel good pop tune about my travels around the world and how a city can give you an identity pitbull who worked with me on exotic the chain smoker who worked with me on a race mat goma who worked with me on various songs that still reside somewhere on both of our computers and number of others some of the songs seemed to invite an infusion of my indian identity and when that was the case it was really fun and satisfying to figure out the best way to make that happen we added indian instrumentation to in my city to give it a hint of south asian flavor after pitbull sent his lyrics for exotic i suggested to red one that we add some hindi lyrics to it which i wrote when he agreed we then incorporated indian inspired dance steps into the videos for exotic to carry the fusion through to the visual all of the artists were talented and generous to me and i was energized by working with such masterful collaborators In September of 2012 in my city was my first single to be released and a special video version of it was recorded for a weekly pre-game promotion spot for the National Football League's Thursday Night Football on the NFL Network. It was a tremendous honor for me to be chosen by Network and the NFL and I remember the thrill of turning on the television the first night it aired and seeing myself introducing the game in a 
pre-recorded announcement and then watching the upbeat in my city promo video along with millions of others who were turned in. From where I sat, there was no better way for me and my music to be introduced to a mainstream America than through an NFL weekly post, hashtag game on. My bubble was quickly burst. The excitement of having my first song debut in the United States on such a huge platform was completely destroyed by a storm of explicitly racist hate mail and tweets, including among many examples to choose from. What's a brown terrorist doing promoting all-American game? And go back to the Middle East and put your burqa on. And years later, it's still hard to write this. Go back to your country and get gang raped. The song is all about joy and belonging and yet the barrage of xenophobic messages coming in felt like an endless series and purchase of the cut. The assault was shocking in its swiftness and brutality. I had not been prepared to be so publicly attacked on my very first artistic foray in America. The NFL stood by me and the spot by using the song again for the 2013 game opener, more than a year after the initial firestorm. In January of 2014, I gave an interview to the Wall Street Journal in which I said the best way to deal with racism is to shut down the detractors with your work. Just keep being an achiever. Keep achieving because there are so many people who support you. I do believe it's important to keep achieving in the face of your detractors and I know that there are always supporters out there. Too many came to my defense on social media when the hate mail and racist tweets appeared. But as I look back and the, on, on the experience now, I see that I was trying to put on a brave face publicly and not let people know how much the venom-filled speech affected me. Maybe I was too new to the business in America to feel that I could show my vulnerability or take my kind of stand and so I overcompensated by trying to sound positive and strong. Or maybe I was scared. This was different from Bollywood exclusionism the most outsiders in that system had to endure. The biting remarks and the casually cruel conversation that could affect a career in the Hindi film business usually happened in a rarefied environment behind closed doors. Here the doors have been flung wide open to an open forum display of hospitality directed at one person, me for something I could not change, my ethnicity. If something like that happened today, I hope I would talk about my belief that the art of someone makes shouldn't be defined by where they were born or the color of their skin. That the virtual spewing of ha hatred towards those who are different is a lowly forum of the release of In My City was followed by the release of Rays in late 2012 and Exotic in 2013. Then in 2014, we recorded a cover of one of my all-time favorite Pony Riot song, I Can't Make You Love Me, remained as EDM by the songwriter Easter Dean with the music video co-starring Milo with Miglia from the hit television series This Is U.S. While Exotic went triple platinum in India within a month of its release in 2013 and made the dance and billboard charts in the US, I feel like I never really cracked the code of combining East and West 
in a way that compelled English language listeners like we wanted it to. As clear as the fusion of India and America is in me as a person, I couldn't seem to translate the fusion into sound. I worried that it sounded generic and contravened. True, I would work with so many incredibly talented people. My music fell short of my own artistic standards and expectations. After three years of trying my hardest to make my music career work, traveling tons of thousands of miles to record a couple of dozen of songs in all my styles and genres, I came to the difficult decision that it was time to move on. I am so grateful to everyone who invested in that part of my journey and I am so sorry I let you down. Maybe someday. I often think about all accidents of fate in my life that have felt like destiny affecting who I became. I wanted to be an engineer when suddenly the pictures mom and Sid sent to Miss India changed my life forever and gave me a career in Hindi film industry. Now. After I would come to America to do music and felt like I would slammed into a wall, another opportunity was about to represent itself. Between 2011 and 14, I would be traveling back and forth between India and America constantly. As soon as that period began, Angela and I, in limelight of my busy film career at home, started to have a conversation about my getting representation for acting here in the States too. Who knows, Jimmy added, at some point that might become part of your career, here alongside your music. It was a moment when we were starting to see more much-needed female diversity on primetime television. On ABC alone, there was Sofia Vergara on Modern Family, Kerry Washington on Scandal and Sandra Oh on Grease and Atomy. So, in the regard, the timing seemed good. In 2012, I signed with Creative Artist Agency. The headline in Hollywood Reporter would later said, CAA signs its first Hollywood star. Given that name wasn't in the headline, I almost felt like I was representing the industry I would come from more than myself. The music and TV film business are so connected that at every music party or event I attended, I was bound to meet not only musicians and music producers, but across casting directors and film producers too. It was no surprise then that in 2012, while I was working on my album, I happened to find myself at a small dinner party where Kelly Lee, then vice president of casting for ABC, was a guest too. America is going through a golden age of television, Kelly told me as we sipped our adult beverage. All of the great writing is on TV these days. We walked a little more about what ABC was doing as a network with its groundbreaking TV shows and then she asked me what I thought about trying television in the States. Episodic television series are a long commitment compared to movies. If successful, a series commitment can last for years. So I had a conversation with Anjula and Natasha to discuss the pros and cons. One of the pros was that just as Kelly had said, the quality of writing on America TV was terrific and television had once again become a highly desirable medium to work in. Chances were that if I took on a role in a series, I would have really meaty part to chew on. There didn't seem to be any cones except in terms of long-term commitment. It's not like she's giving you a show that you have to commit to right now. 
Priyanjula reminded me. She's talking about signing a talent deal and opportunity to possibly do a show. I had a real concern that if I took a role in America series, I would lose momentum in my Hindi film and career because of the time commitment. But what could be the harm in just exploring an opportunity? So Kelly eventually flew to India, visited me in Mumbai on the set of action thriller Gunde and pitched me on doing a talent deal with ABC. The idea was that I would visit Los Angeles for two months during the pilot season. Traditionally, the month between January and April when network decide what new programming they are going to green light for the upcoming season and read through all the scripts ABC through were right for me. Then I would audition for the ones I was interested in, with no guarantee that I would be cast. Kelly convinced us of the power of America television to propel me straight into America pop culture if good fit was found for me. The gamble was irresistible. My music had not borne the fruit that I wanted it in the States. This was another opportunity to consolidate my position in entertainment in a different country. And that's how I found myself on a flight to Tinseltown to explore doing episodic TV. I spent two months in early 2015 reading a two-foot-high stock of script, 26 of them to be exact that studio thought would be good for me. Kelly recommended there had favorites and it turned out that there were exact same scripts I had chosen as my favorites, with Quantico at the top of both our lists. Just because a studio is considering a script, though, doesn't mean it will necessarily be made into a pilot, which is a single episode intended to test the waters before the commitment to shoot a whole season is made. As it turns out, of three scripts, only Quantico was chosen to be shot as a pilot. Ultimately, it was picked up for a full season. Not all pilots are, and two additional seasons after that. Thank God we would picked a viable script or I would have been out of luck. It seemed like Hollywood dream come true. But this dream hadn't just fallen into my lap. It was the result of a ton of pavement pounding. By this time, I would been focusing on film and television in the US for almost a year, and Angela was managing me. Angela had founded a successful online entertainment platform and was a venture capitalist. She would had no experience in managing someone's career. Dana Supnik Guidoni had come on board as my publicist more than a year and a half while my career will still trying to make a success of my music career. And while she had deep experience as a publicist for beauty brands, she had never represented an individual. Having done around 50 films in India, some of which received great critical acclaim, some of which were blowout success, I was well known to the global community of Hindi film viewers. But as we have established, few people outside that viewership knew me in the United States. So we had an unknown manager and unknown publicist representing an unknown actor. We called ourselves the blind mice, the three blind mice, because we were hustling and figuring things out on the fly, feeling our way through the things. Dana had been able to arrange the Wall Street Journal interview in 2014 and few articles in a variety, but we didn't get much else. Once I signed Quantico, we thought it would be easier to get a print coverage, but we were wrong, having received so much of it in my home country. 
this was a lot to wrap my brain around it was my new reality though so i put my head down and just keep working finally finally after contico had established itself as a hit i got my first magazine cover with ellie in february 2016 and in time others followed I have forgotten ahead of myself though back in the late winter early spring of 2015 I have picked Quantico as my first choice of scripts that ABC showed me but that didn't mean that the lead role of Alex Parrish a young FBI recruit training to become a special agent was mine I still had to audition for it no big deal right after all I would be done some 50 Hindi films by this point but my audition for the role of Alex Parrish was the first real audition I had to do on over a decade because in India I would gone from being Miss World to working in movies almost immediately. I didn't have that difficult period of auditioning repeatedly in order to find work. Once you are established in there, like in the States too, you often get straight offers. So now a simple audition scared the hell out of me. A delict coach helped me prepare by working with me on getting my American accent right for the audition tape. And here I spent all that time working with Sabira Merchant, getting rid of Yankee sounding accent. Ha, since Alex Parrish was American girl, born and raised in Oakland, California. I wanted my speech to reflect that. Once I felt I was already Angela acting simultaneously as a camera person and the offer camera scene partner reading opposite me, taped the audition the tape passed master which meant it was time for an in-person audition i showed up at the studio to find two other contenders for the role running their lines in the hall as they waited they looked poised confident and beautiful it was to ashoka hotel and the london airport all over again we were felt insecure in the face of competition that looked like it belonged, that looked like it had been in this situation before, knew exactly what to do. I slipped into the ladies' room and said, little prayer of thanks when I found it empty. I took a breath, gripped with edges of the sink in front of me and met my own eyes in the mirror. Priyanka Chopra, I said, as if I were my mother trying to talk some sense into me. What are you afraid of? You know exactly what you're doing. You can't even keep track of the number of movies you have starred in. That's how prepared and ready you are. Just go in there and do your work. I'm happy to report that sometimes the peps talks we give ourselves actually do work. Or maybe it was hearing my mother being channeled through me. By the time I entered the audition room, I was relaxed again and confident in my preparation. I felt something when I walked into the room, a heightened quality of attention I couldn't really put my finger on. I did the scene, was happy and the way it went and everyone was really nice. Two days later, I got a phone call that I would gotten the job, sometimes after the Josh Safran, the show's creator said in an interview. When Priyanka walked into the audition, the molecules shifted and we all sat up straighter in our chairs. Maybe that's what I would felt the molecules shifting. People sitting up straight in their chairs, whatever it was, I sensed that everyone in the room was alert and paying close attention, which was a great atmosphere in which to just go ahead and act the hell out of the scene. 
Alex Parrish hadn't been written as having a particular ethnicity, but once I got the part, the writers decided to alter her background to make it authentic to me. They added in the fact that she was biracial, her mother was Indian and her father was a white American, and decided that while Alex would be a thoroughly American young woman, born and raised here, she would also be in touch with her Indian roots. I did a couple of scenes where I spoke some Hindi and there were references to me having a backpack through India. Maybe most meaningful to me was the fact that I wore a bracelet with Om symbol on it. The first shot of me in episode 1 season is a close-up not of my face but of that Om bracelet and krilling my wrist. When I was suggested the bracelet to Sammy Ratner, the show stylist, I had no idea it would mean so much to me. But that clear, simple reflection of my culture felt so personal at that time that even now I get goosebumps whenever I see the shot. The bracelet remained around Alex's wrist for all three seasons, remained Alex and viewers of her heritage in a supple yet concrete way. I know it's a small thing, but it felt like a big win to me. My strategy for entering the American TV and film world was in shilly play roles where my ethnicity did not define the character or drive the action. Unfortunately, at the time, it seemed to me that once South Asian character played ethnicity-defined roles, they often got stereotyped into a box and didn't want to fall prey to the Hollywood standards. I wanted to be able to play not only parts that required me to be Indian, but also those came from larger pool of options where my origins didn't define my character or the story. It felt like a big deal then, a huge deal, what it would have been cast as Alex Parrish. As the first South Asian ever, the play had the lead character on a network. Kerry Washington became the first African woman to lead a network drama in 40 years with Scandal 2012, which was a giant step in the right direction. I felt such a sense of achievement and gratitude too, but I also felt a lot of pressure. I was proud that I would be cast in the role, but I worried that if the show didn't do well, it would be a step back for South Asian actors in general and a weight of the burden, self-imposed, I know, felt enormous. Fortunately, the weight was elevated somewhat because the show was successful. I absolutely loved Alex Parrish. She was bold, brazen and unapologetically flawed. Alex never felt the need of explain her behavior. She was a trait we shared. One of my favorite scenes which kept the internet busy for a few days was the first episode where Alex has sex with a stranger in the backseat of a car at the airport. When they met again, he pretends doesn't know her and she won't have it. We had sex in our car six hours ago, she says to him in front of a group of new Recruits calling him out front of everyone. That to me was the power of Alex. No one scared her. Her freedom and audacity made me itch to get my hands on the scripts of every episode. I played many audacious characters before. There had been Sonia in Atra's Meghna Mathur in Fashion and Susanna in Sathon Mav. Nobody who had watched those films at the time complained about the behavior, those sexually active blackmailing 
murderous woman. Although some people may have been surprised that I would be taken on roles like that, I ended up winning awards for them. But the scene in the car in the episode, I provoked a frenetic conversation on the internet about how I crossed a line and became a too bold now that I was working in the US. I will admit that the criticism bothered me even as I thought it was ridiculous. The Walt Disney Company, which owns ABC, had clear mandates about acceptable levels of sexual explicitness and violence. Sexual acts activity of instance could be suggested to a degree but not shown. I was a master of this, having worked in the Hindi film industry for so long where you could show things but show things Disney felt the same way. The sounds of sex scene in the car for intense were tapped after the scene was filmed. I was nowhere near a co-star Jake Michael Lawlin when I recorded them. Ah, the magic of the movies. The pressure of work itself was intense. The first season, I was almost in every scene of every episode. We worked five or six a days a week, 15 or 16 or 18 hours a day. I would usually be picked up at 5 in the morning and I would sometimes wouldn't be finished until 11 at night. On most weekends, I would fly into New York from Montreal where we filmed to do interviews, photo shoots and television appearances to promote the show. All this on top of figuring out a new environment with new norms. When we would started in the Hindi film industry, I had no idea what I was doing when I first walked onto set and so I would had learned everything onto the job. Now I knew my craft, but I had to get recorded with the culture. I last lived in the US in 1998 as a teenager, America and I had both evolved since then. And when we met again, we were strangers. Getting to know each other took a little time, not only outside the studio, but in it as well. Again, I watched and observed, questioned and soaked up as much knowledge as I could. The first couple of months, I heard repeatedly from directors suggestions like maybe not with hand so much and just throw it away this time. And how about we try a little less? It took me a while to understand that large gestures were my natural way of expressions having lived almost all of my life in India. The acting in Hindi film industry is bold and full-threat and energetic, reflecting the generally animated gestures of so many Indians. No surprise then that when I came to Hollywood, with animation had to be contained. Tremendously, once I realized that I had recruitable my brain to play things smaller, it all got a lot easier. Now, after all these years, I can finally do both styles, large and small, switching back and forth automatically as needed. I also had to reattune my ear to American speech and speech patterns, while my American accent had worked well enough in the audition. I decided I needed a dialect coach on the set to help me avoid the occasional slips that happened especially when a scene was really emotional and I slipped into my global confused accent. Sometimes I felt like I needed a translator as much as a dialect coach. When directors would say things like, let's not die on the hill or don't have a dog on this fight, I didn't want to look as 
clueless as I felt. So I just walked around wondering what they meant. It was almost the high school cafeteria all over again. Buffalo wings, buffalo don't have wings. Even film terminology sometimes perplexed me. On most films or television series around the world at the end of day, the shooting a schedule known as a call sheet is distributed to the cast and crew specifying what time each individual has to be on set in hair and makeup the next day. In America and a few other countries, the first actor listed in the lead actor, hashtag one. This is not a term I was used to hearing in India. Leads were never ranked by numbers. We just knew who they were. So the first time I heard, let's get number one. Where number one, I had no idea it was me being referred to. And I have had to admit that for the first few weeks of shooting after I figured that out, it gave me a little thrill every time I saw hashtag one Priyanka Chopra at the top of the call sheet. All these years later, I am happy to say that now I am fully trilingual. I speak Hindi, English, American and all of them fluently. Everything seemed to have happened so fast. Just a few months earlier, I would have been reading a pile of scripts poolside at my LA hotel. Now I was the lead in my first television show ever in my first acting job in this country. Along with this unrelenting shooting schedule and on-the-job learning was to need promote the show. In May, I learned about one more piece of the promotion puzzle. Every spring, the major television networks previewed their upcoming fall and mid-season series of advertisers. The press and the other industry people in a week-long event in New York, known as the upfronts. I was a bundle of nerves when I arrived at the red carpet for ABC upfront presentation. But then I saw Kerry Washington and she waved me towards her making me feel welcome and comfortable instantly. Later in the green room, with about 75 cast members from ABC other shows, Carrie and Ellen Pomepoya and Grace Anatomy were both incredibly kind to me, as they lead actress in their hugely successful respective network shows. Maybe they saw how petrified I was and understood the rigor of my life that first year 10 months of shooting. An endless succession of long days and the weight of being hashtag one on the call sheet, having two of the biggest film stars in America television at the time sit me down, give me the 4.11 and take time for a pep talk help ease my anxiety. And for all that, I was always be grateful. I felt like they entered my train compartment and calmed the course of my journey. They probably don't even realize the importance of what they did for me. But I, for one, will never forget how they generously took me under their wings that night. ABC put a tremendous amount of support behind Quantico, especially when it came to marketing myself was the buses, posters, billboards across America. I remember gazing up at the huge billboards of my face on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles thinking holy shit, it had been so difficult to get any kind of media attention here and now there was a building sized image of me in handcuffs gazing over my shoulder at all who passed by below on the set strip in West Hollywood. It reminded me 
of a humid night in Mumbai 2003 before my first movie came out. It was late and Tamanna and I were sitting Juhu Beach at a bend in the road where there were six billboards. I would looked up at them and told her I wanted my face on all of them. At a moment some years later that had actually happened and we would celebrate it together. And now after years that had and thousands of miles away on another continents I was FaceTime her on about another billboard movement and we were celebrating again. When the show launched on September 27, 2015, it worked Quantico, eventually aired in more than 60 countries in its first season to become a global success. The validation and relief were great. The vindiction from all the skeptics who just couldn't resist their snipping. Those on the internet who suggested I would bought my own billboards, for example, or who wondered why I would faked an American accent. What made me the happiest was that I felt the quantico. I would made major inroads in breaking the classic stereotype of Indian actors in Hollywood. I knew that I wasn't very common for audiences to see actors of South Asian descent in mainstream leading roles or in roles much beyond the predictable sidekick, tech nerd or exotic love interest. Mindy Calling and Aziz Ansari along with a few other actors of South Asian descent had played extremely popular characters on networks television. Then going on Step further, Mindy and Aziz had taken matters into their own hands by writing starring roles for themselves in their own uber-successful shows. The Mindy Project and Master of None showed their leads as wonderfully flawed human relatable characters opening up more room for an actor of South Asian descent and other minority actors to be cast in a film full range of roles that reflects our shared humanity. When I was living in America during high school, years before Mindy and Aziz had their own shows, the only mainstream Indian character I saw on the television was Apu Simpsons, who was played by Hank Azaria, a white American. I discovered years later when he was called out for it. All characters on The Simpsons are caricatures so it's not like Apu's treatment as a stereotype singled out Indians or Indian Americans for a poor treatment but having people ask me on the regular why I would didn't talk or act like Apu didn't do a lot for my sense of belonging. I became a huge fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer because the protagonist played by Sarah Mikhail Galar was a powerful teenage girl who had battled evil forces. She was an awesome teenage role model. But I wonder, now my 15-year-old self walking the halls of Newton North would have felt a little less awkward in the world, a little more of a sense of belongings if I had seen someone who looked like me playing the lead in TV shows or a movie with Quantico. I hope that young girls of South Asia descent and anyone else who felt underrepresented would be able to look up and recognize themselves and feel seen and I'm proud and gratified to be a part of this shifting narrative. I always knew that my career would never be just one thing, not just films, not just music, not just television and not that I would follow a multitude of paths to make sure that all of my creative intersects and endeavors would be fed. That meant strangling two creators in two con continents. 
During Quantico's first hiatus, the break between season I added American film work to the mix shooting Baywatch in 2016. Even before the hiatus began, I was finishing up Bajira Mastani in which I played an 18th century Marathi queen. So on some weekends I would fly to India to shoot for one day, then come back and shoot Quantico translation. I flew out to Montreal to Dubai on Friday night. Continued on to Mumbai and took a helicopter to reach Y, which is about 140 miles southeast of Mumbai. By Sunday morning, I was filming all day Sunday and leave at the sun was setting on that gorgeous temple filed riverside city reversing my flight path. By Monday afternoon, I was back in Montreal ready to start shooting the next episode of Quantico. Airplanes became like flying bedrooms to me and I swear I got to know some of the immigration personnel at the Montreal airport by the name. What's up Emily? How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, you are back. Worked all weekend again. Priyanka The schedule was probably the hardest one I have ever maintained and my body took a beating for it but traveling back and forth like that was the only way to have it all and I wanted to have it all I've been working crazy hours for 6 or 7 days a week for my entire film career in India so honestly it didn't seem all the strange to me to be putting in this kind of time there is not really a concept of weekend in India the same way there is in america the school week is 5 and a half days for instance as it is for some business too film schedules are made based on locations and not on weeks so you may shoot for 10 consecutive days in one location and then have 5 days off when i got to the states it was a culture shock for me to be required to take two consecutive days off simply because everyone else did Quantico had a 5 day shooting schedule that theoretically allowed for weekend breaks but the show was so ambitious with so many shoots scheduled per day that we often went over into a sick day hence the extra long work week when they happened i couldn't understand why people grumbled about having to work on weekend especially since the union made sure we were fairly compensated for it At that point in my life, two-day weekend break seemed like a forced holiday to me. Not anymore. Show the thirsty camel some water. Now I take weekend off in India too. Having had the success of playing characters who wouldn't defined by her ethnicity in Quantico and later Baywatch, more recently I ventured into playing characters who were written specifically as Indian or Indian American. like the characters of pinky madam in the white tiger the adaptation of 2008 man booker prize winning novel by arvind adiga i read the book more than 10 years ago and it's unblinking gaze at the harshness of the lives of india india's impoverished affected me tremendously when i heard a movie was in the work i called my agents immediately and said i wanted to be a part of it i was so keen to be involved both because of the book's impact on me and because i was eager to work with the award winning director ramen bharani that size of the role didn't matter i made my agents call the producers multiple times i met with ramen 
multiple times too because the story of homeland is such an important one to me that i was determined to be a part of it i lobbied to executive producer it was as well to appear in it and i'm grateful that netflix and lava media agreed so i get to play that role too as of these writing the white tiger is post production and i had hope audience will soon see it in a roar of life in the same way that i pursued involvement with the movie i decided that i wanted to collaborate with actors and writers of south asian descent here in america to create more and more opportunities for myself and others like me mindy calling is one of these writers actors whom i deeply admire when she wanted to explore being a leading lady she didn't wait for someone to invite her to the party she wore her own damn show and then ran successfully for 5 years she and i are now working on a buddy comedy for universal pictures that mines the humor of different between indians raised in america and and indians from india plenty of room of humor there trust me with film like this and the white tiger and my first look deal with amazon there are a lot more projects in development i am creating more and more of my own opportunities going after projects and that i believed in and people i want to work with i would been inspired in my efforts by many actors who like mindy and aziz ansari have taken matters into their own hands especially female actors like kerry washington eva longoria anushka sharma salma hayek reese white person dipika padukone nicole kidman queen latifa and so many others who are now producing projects for themselves in the process of opening up opportunities for others i find their examples powerful inspiring although i have been bold in many of my career choices only now after 20 years in this business do i feel i have the courage and credibility to move confidently in the direction of originating my own projects and i have got to say it feels good forging my own way hasn't always felt so good though at some point after quantico took off at a nascent stage in my american career i seem to have become a social media sensation in a very good way and a very bad way for example in 2017 when i was promoting baywatch in berlin india's prime minister shri narendra modi was also in berlin to meet with german chancellor angela merkel the prime minister had and i had happened to be staying in the same hotel and i contacted his office to request an audience with him we got permission and sit down and i sat with him and few minutes we took pictures together and we then posted online because i was promoting baywatch the day i was in a dress not in a sari it was knee length high neck laced and long sleeved When we posted the photos on social media there was a furor around the fact that I was meeting with the prime minister with my legs exposed on top of that people commented that because my legs were crossed in some of the photos my posture seemed arrogant and therefore inappropriate for meeting with the head of state it was one of the first times i became global news and i swear that was not the way i wanted to make global news i was angry and confessed my response to the anger 
anger was to take a picture of my mom and me out at a dinner that night in our shorts cut with our legs crossed and to post it online with the caption it runs in the family but all joking aside i felt that i had presented myself respectfully and i had worn skirts and dresses all my life in day at school and elsewhere and i didn't understand why it was now considered so unacceptable the whole un uproar baffled and saddened me the year before in 2016 i would made in maxim india hot e100 cover the photo of me on the front of magazine had one of my arms above my head with my armpit exposed which gave a rise to a massive controversy because maxim india was accused of photoshopping my armpits specifically smoothing and whitening it my armpit actually trended on social media with various hashtags including hashtag #armpitgate i was at paris fashion week while this was all happening and my team and i were mortified appealed and hysterically laughing all that same time because we couldn't get over how ridiculous and surreal it was to have my armpit go viral did this scene mean i would finally made it to commemorate the moment i took a quick pic of my pits and posted it with the hashtag will the real armpit please stand up unfortunately the controversies i have experienced haven't always been laughable during the third season of contico an episode aired that was about hindi extremist terrorists trying to blow up manhattan with the twist of blaming the attack on pakistan there was a huge outcry about it in india attacking abc for what people felt was an offensive plotline and attacking me for agreeing to be it i got worldwide backlash for being a part of plotline that involved hindu as terrorist but i wasn't a writer or a producer i didn't have any control or input into the storyline not to mention the fact that i would have villains of every ethnicity trying to blow up new york over the course of the show the uproar lasted for every long time there were online threats warning me not to turn to india and effects were being burned outside my home there when i did go back local police needed to provide security for me it became so out of control that abc had to apologize make a statement abc studios and the executive producer of contico would like to be extended an apology to our audience who were offended by the most recent episode the blood of romeo the episode has stirred a lot of emotions much of which unfairly aimed at priyanka chopra who didn't create the show nor does she write or direct it she has no involvement in the casting of the show or the storylines depicted in the series contico is word and background but in the case we inadvertently and regrettably stepped into a complex political issue it was certainly not our intention to offend anyone 
for a while i refused to comment or explain eventually though i too made a extremely saddened and sorry that sometimes have been hurt by recent episode of quantico that was not and would never be my intention i sincerely apologize i am proud indian and that will never change the moment i made the statement another wave of condemnation came flooding in this was one led by people who called my apology form of pandering damned if you do damned if you don't the whole situation was deeply disturbing over time my relationship to the internet changed when the world wide web came into being i saw it as a thrilling opportunity to connect with people everywhere i got onto social media early on i was on the first actors in india on twitter and i loved the direct access to fans and well wishers without anyone in the middle i had great time doing interactive sessions and walking to fans regularly after negativity and attacks came my way of multiple years though relationship that had once been enjoyable and positive eventually transformed into one of my mistrust and fear i am not alone in feeling this way i know we read about the very dire consequences of hate and negativity expressed directly over social media all the time once i felt that it was unsafe to show myself in all my vulnerable humanity i pulled back it was instinctive the evolution of my relationship with social media has been sad for me cancel culture and social media shaming have in many ways stopped me from having the meaningful conversation i used to have and still want to have with followers for now what seems to work best for me is to engage with online negativity or controversy as little as possible if i feel that i would have done something out of ignorance that i could have been avoided i will apologize if i feel that i was wrong for whatever re- reason i will apologize on those occasions when i have made a mistake that i can fix i will try to fix it but when rage spews without any form of fact checking it just seem futile to engage i have come to see that there are times when you should speak up and times when it's better not to so i have started picking my battles i take seriously the responsibility of having a career in two career in two polar opposite countries and cultures they both matter to me i am an amalgamation and a product of both i wish there were infallible guidebook for how to keep different cultures peoples calm and open and willing to look for common ground simultaneously not just in india and in the us of course but all around the world and all over the world wide web too like all of us though i have yet to find the guidebook so i will continue my quest for it as i genuinely hope all of us will i am conquered that we have all become so afraid of our different uh, that we step back every time we encounter them if only we could strive to take small steps towards ideas and people that are different in order to understand them when i say we i am including myself i have just acknowledged after all that i have taken a step back from the internet my hope is that we can all work to find ways to be curious and kind which would be a step towards bringing us together in spite of our different rather than letting our fears and insecurities become shackles that keep us apart 
I was on a steep learning curve my first few years in the States, dancing as fast as I could to learn what I needed to as I traveled back and forth to India for work and personal reasons. Once I established myself in the US with Quantico, the crazy pace continued. At that point, though all of the long days may not have been solely about getting the work done, I was running as hard as I could towards a goal, but I didn't realize that I was running away from something just as hard.